when the app store came out, I would go on the updates page and just read every single update that an app would have and just be interested in what the developer was posting. So I guess I'm a bit of a weird person. Welcome to the Productivities Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Vardy, and this week on the show, I'm joined by Francesco D'Alessio. He is the founder of the Keep Productive community. He is a productivity geek like me, but he really spends a lot of time focusing on apps and on productivity tools, which is something I used to do uh, back when I was doing Cult of Mac stuff in the next web, and I still dabble in apps from time to time. It's still a guilty pleasure of mine, but Francesco's really uh, kind of keyed in on that with his YouTube channel, which is immensely popular. He's also come up with some great courses like Notion Made Simple, and and there are very, very specific apps that he loves to focus on, but he's willing to talk about any productivity app uh, within reason. Uh, and and that's that's what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about the chasing of the apps, what it's like to kind of keep up with apps, what got him interested in that. So if you're an app fan, this episode's going to be for you. So let's just get to it. Here's my conversation with Francesco D'Alessio here on the Productivityist Podcast. I'd like to welcome Francesco D'Alessio to the Productivityist Podcast. Francesco, thanks for joining me today. Hey, Mike, how are you? I'm I'm doing well. This is like today is my listening day, and I have been doing a lot of listening. I've been I've been yeah. listening to a lot of. Uh, you are uh, the third conversation I've had today about uh, about productivity for this podcast, and this is you are going to be the most I would say, for lack of a better term, nerdy uh, person in terms of productivity that I'm going to be talking to today. So this is great because we can both nerd out like crazy. Oh yes, I'm excited because uh, yeah, I, I mean. I chat to Steve too long and I chat to you too long whenever I get on the call. So <laughs> we did a lot of a preamble thing. leading into the, like, we're like, Oh, we better start because, uh, yeah, yeah otherwise oh, it would have spiraled out. It, yeah. We were going yeah. on a, on a, on a, um, we were doing going down as Merlin man would say a, a big, huge uh, rat hole. Um, <laughs> so anyway, let's, let's get into things. So for people who, uh, don't know who you are, I'm surprised. Like, first off, if you're listening to the show and you don't know who Francesco is, uh, you should. Francesco's got the, he runs the Keep Productive community, Keep Productive YouTube channel. There, we're going to talk a bit about the, you know, what it's like to run that channel, what it's like to kind of be on the, the cusp of all of the different apps. And also maybe, you know, I think we'll, we'll touch on approaches too, but what, tell, tell everybody here that's listening right now a little bit about you. Uh, what, what, where your focus is when it comes to talking about productivity, like where you like to talk about it. And then, and then your, maybe your, your philosophy on, on productivity, because when those who, who do know who you are probably, probably, and I'm being very, uh, you're making an assumption here. I think, Oh, he's the guy that talks about apps and productivity news, but there's a lot more to it than that. Yeah. Uh, well, Mike, thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm, I'm that excited to be on because, uh, um, I watched all of your stuff and always, of course, uh, been following you way before the productivity thing started for me. Um, yeah, no, for those who are listening along, I'm Francesco. Uh, I, as Mike said, run the Keep Productive community. Um, and my productivity journey started uh, maybe when I was about 15 or 16. Um, I had failed uh, a year in school and uh, I had the opportunity of retaking a year, which means 
uh, I would go back to university or join university one year later, Mm -hmm. um, which I I took. (laughs) Um, But during that summer, I I remember my mum saying, you know, get in gear. (laughs) And uh, I managed to find a book called Getting Things Done. um, And I researched all these applications. Um, Anyway, three or four months later, I was doing very, very well. I mean, I was organizing all my academic stuff, but at the same time, being able to do a little bit more than the the average student. Um, And I really enjoyed it. Um, And as I got sort of more and more into these apps, I would ask my teachers and they wouldn't know what the apps were about. And I would introduce them to uh, those applications. Um, So when I was in my first year of university, um, I had played around with blogs and things like that. But I decided that it was time to start a channel uh, about productivity. And it started out with some very cheesy videos about productivity, uh, about the stuff I'd learned. But then I thought, actually, it would be cool to cover applications. So from then, I've dived into many apps like Evernote, Wunderlist, Todoist, uh, Asana, and and now most recently Notion, which is, has been a very popular topic. Um, and we've grown a, a really big community. So yeah, it's it's been a really fantastic journey. But um, I, And I'm really glad to be here, here today. So I want to talk about the idea of following applications and keeping up with them because uh, there are no shortage of apps. And you've talked about several. Notion is the one that you've kind of, you know, you're, you're I wouldn't say you're hanging your hat on, but, you know, it, I think when there's, people tend to know people about certain apps. Like I, a lot of people look at me uh, and they say, oh, well, Mike's got a Todoist class on Skillshare, right? Like he talks about Todoist, which is, it's more than just about Todoist. Todoist is the kind of the implementation or the, the I guess it's the, uh, the, 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 the faculty that I use to kind of push forward, you know, you know, theming your day and time theming, but yeah. how challenging is it? I, I, I think I know the answer to this, but to keep up with all this, all of these apps, cause they, they, they move at the speed of light, but also you must get a lot of apps that you look at and go, this, this isn't going to make it. So what do you, when you're looking at an app, what, what do you need to see in it before you say, you know, I'm going to not only give this a go, but I think I'm going to shine a spotlight on it a bit so that others can know more about it. Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. Um, and the way that I, I guess I view it is, uh, I know, I'm not sure even sure who said this, but it, it's sort of like uh, when you see Roger Federer play tennis, um, you know, he's got a uh, very good skill and obviously pace and all that sort of stuff. But if you gave him, you know, a racket that he bought for £10 at the store, $10, um, he'd probably play to a re- relatively similar level. Um, so that's the way I view tools is that, uh, you know, tools are going to change you marginally. Obviously, you can get cozy with them and and go deeper and optimize them. But at the same time, it's it's really the approaches and methodologies that really matter. Um, and I try and echo that as much on a tool focused channel um but obviously uh, that obviously needs to come out more but yeah i mean the way that i find tools um is really by uh looking at the market to see which ones uh, are the most compatible pr- platform wise stability wise um and then what i do is i try and cover as many of them so i can help the spectrum of users out there and what we do is we introduce people to some of these apps like for example if people don't know about um say a project management software we introduce them by doing tutorials, but then we also go deeper by gi- giving use cases and also sharing them. Um, and Notion actually came up, came about 
um, very strangely when I was at a coffee with someone and uh, he was like, oh, have you heard of Notion? Um, because I think it was something to do with investing. And I, I went home and I looked at it and I actually didn't think much of it when I started. I was I was amazed, but I thought it would go down the, <laughs> the team uh, or business side of it. And I wasn't sure. So uh, over time, when it became more stable and more confident and uh, it decided to, you know, work out its sort of plan and I got to speak with the CEO, I thought then naturally that sounds pretty good. So I guess that's my approach to it, uh, apps and also the way that I spotlight stuff. <laughs> Chasing these apps has got to be challenging, though. I mean, um, how 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 do you do how do, when you when you're putting together something, you know, your your, uh, your your videos for your channel? So let's talk about the news. Let's talk about the news first. Um, yeah. What what needs to go into that? So, I mean, we you know, there's lots of blog posts. I remember when I used to write for the next web and cult of Mac, we would talk about like the, the news and, and all that. And now that that's changed over the years, that's not, those sites don't do that nearly as much as immediately. There's not as much of an urgency around it because now we do live in an era where, you know, you can talk about that stuff on Instagram or YouTube or Facebook or wherever, what goes into putting together, you know, evaluating stories that come your way for productivity news. And what would you define even as productivity news for people who are like, Hey, what, what do I, what, what am I going to see when I check out one of these updates? Yeah, that, that, that's a good question. Um, the way that I, I guess, uh, let's take the Microsoft to do news from last week, but maybe it would have been start. It'll September. be a while ago. It'll be, it'll have been a while yeah. ago, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Well, um, let's say that day, I think I got the news when I was in a coffee shop about 3 PM and, uh, I, I was like, okay, I need to go home <laughs> cause I need to film this one. Um, so I got home about 3 30, uh, took about 20 minutes to film both videos, which was a, a sort of Wunderlist buyback video and a to do video. I stitched it together in half an hour, edited it, got the thing out within, I think about an hour and a half. So I got it out at five and I called it a day then, which was quite lucky. Um, but yeah, normally it's just um, keeping an eye out on, on social media, product hunt, you know, all those sorts of sites. And sometimes I run embargoes like many journalists would um, with companies. If they do have specific news, I'm more than happy to cover it as long as there's advance notice. Um, but yeah, I, I think I just it's about sort of keeping my thick finger on the pulse. Um, I, I was going back to sort of when I started in my interest in productivity apps before then, I was a bit of a strange kid because when the app store came out, <laughs> I would go on the updates page and just read every single update that an app would have, even for like uh, game apps and just be interested in what the developer was posting. So I guess I'm a bit of a weird person <laughs> <laughs> to some extent because I, I find interest in small details and updates. So I think I have a very weird uh, coverage that I'm, I guess I'm happy with because I really enjoy it. That's the most important thing. So we talked about like what you look for when you're going to be sharing a, a tool and going in depth with it on YouTube. But what do you look for? Like what, like what tools are you using? And this is normally a question I reserve for like, oh no, I have nothing else to talk about with this guest right now. What am I going to, it's like kind of like the tell that I have. And I haven't used it in a long time, which is great. But for you, this is yeah. this is actually part of the thing. So it's not it's not like yeah. I'm, I'm, I've <laughs> no, run out of things to yeah. talk about. Like, so what, what, if you're looking at your productivity toolkit, um, hmm. what tools are you using currently as, as, as we're recording this? And then I got a couple of follow-up questions that might 
show the evolution that you've had over the years? Yeah, that I mean, that's a really good question. And the thing that I'd say to start is that I, I try to keep my toolkit as simple as I can. And I try to switch very little. So um, I've been with Todoist, which is my main to-do list app for, you know, six, seven years now, probably eight. <laughs> I can't really remember now. Um, and I've been pretty happy with that as my task management um, and that's really my next 30 days of actionable tasks. So I sort of schedule everything up and keep it very simple, you know, weekly sort of review, make sure it's spring cleaned and up to date. Um, I use Notion, which is more of my sort of, I would say my brain, um, because it's the way that I plan. So I have everything from, um, you know, my reading list all the way to, um, you know, our finances and planning that as well as projects. Um, and we have a team one as well. Um, and, and I do use Evernote as well. But as many people sort of point towards, it's more as like my filing cabinet right now. So I still use it for receipts, useful PDFs for the house, health information, et cetera, like that. Because Notion doesn't really have, uh, I could say the ability. It has the ability, but doesn't have the structural um, abilities that Evernote have. And uh, what I quite like about Evernote as well is that it's got seven or eight years of my data in there and it's still um, a strong resource. So I'd say that I, the applications that I switch between a Todoist and Notion and obviously Google Calendar for managing my, my most of my calendar events. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepasswordcom slash ConVo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. 
Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. Okay, we're going to take a break from the proceedings now, but when we come back, I'm going to talk to Francesca about what it takes to kind of put things together and and all that sort of stuff. We're going to keep digging into the app space. And I want to talk to you right now about an app that I find to be an indispensable tool when it comes to my productivity, and it is Text Expander. You can unlock your productivity with Text Expander. You manage everything that you type repetitively, email addresses, uh, you know, again, links that you may want to send out. I've been putting out a lot of emails regularly about what I'm going to talk to you about next, but a bunch of other things. And I love having these these boilerplate kind of emails, but then I can personalize them with fill-ins and things like that. Plus, I'm also working with someone right now who I'm sharing snippets with, and, and Text Expander for Teams allows you to do that. You can share them. They're there's just so much to love about text expander the idea of being able to uh, deal with with repetitive typing in a way that's efficient and effective and just eliminates the need for it altogether you can also track to see how much time you're saving with text expander as well i i love what i'm able to do with it again bringing more team members into the fold is is a breeze with text expander because then like for example emails that i might want to send i can use my voice uh in the snippets as as they would be called but then uh i can have somebody else send them because it's written in my voice so there's lots of things you can do with text expander and i highly encourage you to check it out go to textexpander.com slash podcast and you will get 20 percent off of your first year and and just when you're when you get to that page Tell them the Productivity is Podcast sent you. Say, say that you heard from this. Say that you heard about Text Expander on the Productivity is Podcast. You'll get that 20% off your first year. I have been a Text Expander user for years, and I want you to join the fold as well. So again, textexpander.com slash podcast to get that 20% off your first year of Text Expander. You will not regret using Text Expander. If anything, you'll be overjoyed that you finally started using this amazing productivity tool. I also want to talk to you about that thing I just mentioned, the thing that I said I've been using Text Expander for when it comes to emails. And that's an event that I'm going to be hosting in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada on Saturday, February 29th, the extra day that we get in 2020. And it's called The Big Ready. There are going to be a lot of great talks and conversations, both on the main stage as well as in, in the hallways, as, as happens with every single event that I go to. I've been to a ton of events over the years, and I have to say that one of the things that I wanted to do for the Big Ready is bring all of the best things that I loved about those events to my own event. I've wanted to host my own event for a while. It's happening now. So uh, early bird general admission tickets, the, the, the single day ticket, are only $99 Canadian. There's also the big ticket VIP package, which gives you the extra day. That ticket price is $3.99 Canadian. TheBigReady.com. Check it out. I'd love to see you there. Now let's get back to my conversation with Francesco here on the Productivityist Podcast. If someone's looking to switch, so they're watching your your videos, and they see mm -hmm. an app like Coda, like 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 Coda, for example, because you've you've spot, shone a spotlight on them before, and um, what 
what do they need to keep in mind? If let's say they're using, let's say they've been using Evernote for a while. You talked about it and you said, you know, you've got a lot of invest in there. And, and as, as we're recording this, I, I'm, I'm looking at notion, but I have very distinct, um, mm. a very distinct sense of what I'm going to use it for, like very particular sense so that there's no confusion. Or when I, when I say I got to go look at, you know, for video, for example, that's what I'm going to use it for. Tom Franks and I, I uh, uses his with his video uh, production and he makes some fantastic videos and I like his workflow. So I'm like, I'm just going to copy that. So <laughs> that's what I'm going to use it for initially. So when someone is moving from one app to another in the same vein, how do you suggest they do it uh, so that the, they can, they can face less friction and more flow? That's another good question, Mike. <laughs> um, I think the the thing is, I, I normally recommend like transition over a longer period of time. Um, like, for example, um, I always reference my own use case when Notion popped along. I remember the day that I found it and discovered it. Um, obviously, with a lot of applications, they look so good. They look so attractive. And and you see like I'm on product all the time. I'm on Twitter all the time. Someone shares an app and you do get tempted. But I think it's that restraint that's very important um, is to be able to understand an app's needs before necessarily jumping in uh, with it. And the way that I typically view it is giving yourself a good three month period to bed into a new application. So, for example, when um, Notion came along, I would maybe like yourself pick. a. I, I remember picking a very specific scenario. I think I started using it as a way to um I think I was using it to way to tally up like house information, um, like about planning when we'd go and move to the house. Um, or that was even a year or two away. Um, and I would just take my time to transition over. I wasn't like, you know, spending one day to convert everything over. I was literally just sort of introducing a new use for the application. But at the same time, uh, understanding that I had this other application that I couldn't let go of, because that's what I see a lot of people going, I've dropped um, Notion for, I've dropped Evernote for Notion, and they move everything over. And then three weeks later, they realize that Notion doesn't have this set feature, or it doesn't work in the same way as Evernote. And then they feel the regret and have to move back to the application. So I think it's, it's always important to put practicality over design, um, especially when you're looking at apps in the space. Okay, now I want to touch on what you did use. So we talked about what you've used and you know you're using currently, but I want to talk about the phases before that. So you talked a bit about Evernote shifting to Notion. We've we've mm -hmm. got that in place. Let's talk about the other apps that you've used that like let's start with maybe with Todoist. You've been using it for a long time, but there were other apps that you would have used before and the reason for the shift because uh, again, it's different, right? Like, you know, you mentioned yeah. how moving from Evernote to Notion, you put one particular thing in Notion, you know, as a, as a test run, I'm sure you would do the same thing with a task manager. Which one did you do that with? And why did you make the change? Yeah, that, that's a good question again. Um, yeah, so I think when I was in college, I used a whiteboard. Um, so I didn't really have a, a specific use for a to-do list application. And, and when it was coming out, there really wasn't that many uh, fantastic ones. But I remember when I moved to university, that was a time when I was like, I, I probably do need a to-do list app. Um, 
in more sort of a daily use. So I think I was using Wunderlist for a bit at university. Um, and then within two months, I, I sort of said, Wunderlist is nice, but it's more of a student application. And at the time I was starting a business in university and I was sort of planning for post-university, hopefully being self-employed. And I thought Todoist was more of a tool that reflected the not just the values, but the uh, stability and the sort of business toolkit that I needed uh, to be able to work outside of university with that application. So I, I picked a, a long term solution uh, because I knew my situation would change. I knew that I'd be going from the student life to the working world. So I, I saw that sort of gap. Um, so, yeah, I went from Wunderlist to Todoist. And now, of course, Wunderlist is now Microsoft to do in some way, shape or form. So there's lots of that's the thing about apps, too, is that you you, um, you want to make sure and we talked about this initially, the approach. You want to make sure you can take your approach and move it into the app. And again, if you if you're getting things done, devotee, you could do that. I mean, any good approach you should be able to do that with. But what about paper for you? You talked about the whiteboard. Is paper any part of what you do anymore? Like, I mean, when you look at the key production channel, it's generally centered around technology. And when I say technology, mm -hmm. I mean, digital technology, but there are other forms. I mean, we've had Ryder Carroll on the show to talk about the bullet journal. There's Michael Hyatt's full focus planner. There's the best self stuff. There's Baron figs, you know, the clear habits journal, but there's also their own. There's lots of different paper options out there. Is paper a, a part of your workflow? And, and if so, how, and B, do you see a future where on your, you know, with in your platform, you're going to say, hey, you know, th there's more to this than the digital space. And and maybe you're already doing it to a degree, but I'm going to ramp it up a notch. Yeah, that's um, something that I definitely. Uh, so at the moment, we're looking to do more paper um, uh, features on the channel. We're looking to review the full focus planner. We've got that one. Um, we've got the GTD workbook. We've got the Baronfig dateless planner. Um, our goal and something that we definitely ignored at the start is it's not just about apps. And uh, that's something I've noticed in my own life um, and something that I think is very important. And I've been watching people like Matt Ragland, who yes. has a fantastic YouTube channel. Uh, so brilliant. And I think there's so much value in this sort of analog productivity. So, yes, we will be paying more attention to it because I think in the sort of the natural flow of things like um, Keep Productive has only just become like a company now. <laughs> it was just me self-employed for like two years. So now it's like ramp it up versus, um, you know, slow it down because, uh, you know, we need to have that diversity. And and yeah, to answer that question, I, I use a little bit of analog productivity during my day. So I do have two Baron Fig notebooks. Uh, one that I use and have used for the last five years is my sort of daily journal. I write a few notes in the morning of how I'm feeling. Um, and the second one is just a literal ramblings. Sometimes when I want to do a weekly review or I'm trying to sketch out an idea or something like that, it's just almost like a throw it all in notebook. Okay. So now we've talked about your, your, your productivity kit. Um, <laughs> there are going to be some people on this show that are listening and, you know, that want to see a bit of behind the scenes stuff. You know, and then they're not going to be able to see it because we're talking. This is a podcast, not a not a video program. Although by the time you're listening to this, there will be more videos on the Productivityist channel. It'll actually be timecrafting.tv. 
But yes. I want to find out. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's something I've been wanting to do for a while. And it's a lot of work. So I, you know, I can appreciate, you know, especially, and we talked about this at the beginning, like the amount of effort and, and attention that you need to put in there. There's not much room for you to do things like have a podcast and write about it and things like that. Like there's a lot that you need to do. But how do you do it? What what equipment do you use? Like how do you take a video? Like I've got this idea. I'm going to do a, a video about Notion, let's say. Like the recent yeah. news is the student thing that we, t- you know, uh, Notion is free for students. Again, we said this off the top, really smart play by Notion. Um, yeah. So when you have that idea, where do you, you know, where do you capture it? Do you script it? What do you use to shoot it? How do you edit it? Like, let's walk through that process because I think that that's something that people would like. They'd like to see how, you know, how, <laughs> how the baking is done, right? Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm going to get out of my notion while I'm here because I, I, it helps me to sort of see it. Um, so I do have a content calendar. Um, and normally what that do, what that is, or what that used to be, was like a, a general sort of map of all the videos that would be coming out in the month. Um, and what I do is I have sort of about three or four videos per week that go out these days. Um, and I guess it starts from listening to comments, um, listening to the community on different platforms like Twitter um, and I just and emails as well. And I just make sure that I've got my ear to the ground and what people want to see. Um, so a lot of people have recently been saying I want an, a recapped Evernote versus Notion after my uh, my recent comments. Um, and uh, they want to see more use cases for Notion, even people looking for more click up um, tutorials because that's becoming a big project manager. Um, all the way to the new books that have been released, like GTD Workflow uh, Workbook. And um, a lot of people want to see the top um, five features coming back. So they want to see, um, or for example, a lot of people when they're landing on the channel want to see that side of it, um, as well as interviews. So I get what I do is I grab all of these ideas and I have about five ideas a day, roughly, <laughs> and I just pop them inside of Notion on the calendar. And I'm looking at the calendar now. And only the next two weeks are planned because I tend to go off of my impulse with stuff. Mm. Um, I try and listen. I try and watch what people are talking about a lot on social media. And I normally film two days in advance these days, which is not a very effective strategy when it comes to um, planning ahead. Um, But I tend to batch uh, the next two or three days at least. So I'll have like the majority of the week done. So once I filmed, um, I'll film on my uh, screen share, which is Camtasia, which is an absolutely fantastic editing software. So you're, uh, it's you're really just, old school. So but, you're just using a webcam to film. Um, so so I, I, I screen record mostly on Camtasia, but sure. I'll use a Canon uh, 70D, I think it is. Okay. Yep. Okay. So I do some. So if I'm talking to the camera, I'll, I'll upload that footage to the Camtasia or I'll screen record direct into Camtasia um, and I'll stitch the video together. And and the great thing about being with an application for so long, I've been with Camtasia for maybe three years now, four years. And I'm like, it's stupid how fast I'm getting at it because you learn everything inside and out and you can copy templates, etc. Um, so video really doesn't take me long to put together and edit. Um then I'll, you know, prepare all the sort of thumbnails. I, I try and make the cheesiest thumbnails these days um, to try and make it capturing uh, audience capture. Um, 
hi and then I'll, I'll post it out but you know like videos can vary so for example this week we have uh, a 20 minute tutorial on loom we should have the Airtable mastery feature up with chris dancy 10 evernote hacks my gtd inboxes hopefully all by the end of the week but um obviously we have sponsors so we get make sure they sort of get weaved into that content very subtly as well <laughs> so there's a lot there is a lot to it for people who are like listening and they're like, oh, it sounds but once you've got a flow in place <laughs> i think that's important now the other thing you mentioned is i didn't hear anything and this is something that i've i've you know, learned going to conferences like Vid Summit. I didn't hear anything about using like VidIQ, TubeBuddy, any of those, those, um, or even SEO, really like getting in there to figure out the SEO. You are just going off of what the community wants from the sounds of it and, and a bit of your own impulses. That's correct? Yeah, it is. I mean, there are so many other channels like, you know, look at Thomas Frank. There's um, some other really good channels that sort of talk about the topic of productivity and they tend to get a lot of views like matt diavella yeah matt's uh, is great of other yeah matt, yeah matt's i mean they're all fantastic they're, they're like i watch them all the time um but the problem with me is I, I barely have any patience sometimes i want to do videos like that um but i tend to just sort of uh put together videos that are more sort of in the weebs with apps so they're not going to get that sort of level of attention um so they're a lot easier to easier to put together that's what i'd say sure now you we talked about this earlier. You know how radically an app can change over time. I remember when Jeremy Roberts and I wrote "Do Better with Asana," and just before it came out, they changed the entire user interface to go from that, that light blue and grays to the now more pale hues of orange and peach and stuff like that that they have now. Do yeah. you when you're when you're when you when you're putting a, a video together and when you're maintaining your channel as a whole? Because this sounds like it could be a, a time-consuming proposition. Do you go in and say, you know what, this video no longer is relevant, I'm going to delete it? Or do you point, like, you must have to go back and say, hey, you know what, this old video of how Evernote operated is now different. Check out the new video. You've got to be going back through. And and that in and of itself has to be some, or do you just let it go? Just say, you know what, I've got enough new content, I'm putting three to four out, that it's going to over override anything that I've had in the past. Like, how do you, how do you navigate that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I I sort of do a bit of both. So um, if I post an Evernote video like, uh, you know, two years ago, then I, I normally go back and date it. And then if I put a new one out, um, what I'll do is I'll just date it with this year. So I guess I just make sure that I'm, I always recover an application um, just so that I'm refreshed with it and, and give as much information as possible. It's a bit, you know, YouTube SEO as well really helps when it comes to new videos on an application. So it, it all helps as well. So as we get close to wrapping up here, I want to ask one final question. If, if uh, right now, Eric Fisher, uh, earlier today, but was before we recorded, I saw that he, uh, his, one of his episodes, and I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes, uh, he talked to Nir, um, who wrote um, Indistractable, you know, and, and uh, I'm, you know, I've, I've been going through that book. And he said, if I'm going to recommend a productivity book this year, that's the one I'm going to recommend. So I turn it to you. If you're going to, um, when it comes to an app, because that's where we're going to go, if you're going to look at an app, and again, you can dance with this however you want, what is the productivity app this year that you think people should be paying attention to and why? I'm going to say Notion. <laughs> yeah, I figured that. <laughs> and, not because, <laughs> and not because I'm covering it so much. I think from a from if you are 
at the moment haven't got the history that you do with productivity apps or maybe you are using it in a much lighter use I'd probably say Notion is the hottest thing like as a consistent application to use but there are downfalls it doesn't have a strong web clipper it doesn't have great offline support and there are some things with the files that just is just messy but if you're looking for a good sort of holistic productivity tool then i'd recommend it there you go and we'll link to notion in the show notes as well as to all the like all the goodies that we talked about during this episode today hey francesco thanks so much for taking the time to join me today where can people keep up with you and your work so that they can keep productive yeah, uh, well, Mike, thanks for having me on. I've, I've been looking forward to this one. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I mean, I'm at Francesco D underscore A-L-E-S, but that seems too complicated and long, so make sure to just click the link in the description. Um, and also, you can type in Keep Productive on YouTube. Find us there. Uh, we have a, a blog as well, keepproductive.com slash blog, um, which Alice keeps updated with top five articles, top 10 articles, if you're looking for a certain type of application. But um, it's been a pleasure um, coming on and and I'm looking forward to Mike, you coming on, uh, keep productive and talking more uh, in deeper topics. I'm looking, sure. f- I'm looking forward to it. Hey, Francesco, thanks for joining me today on the Productivity is Podcast. Thank you. And that's a wrap on this episode. I'd like to thank Francesco for joining me on the Productivity Podcast this week. Again, if you want to keep up with all of the things that we talked about, you just need to go to productivityist.com slash podcast 278 and you'll get all the show notes there unless you want to look on your phone or wherever you're listening to this because the show notes will be there as well. In fact, while you're there, why don't you subscribe to the podcast if you're not already doing so? There are a ton of episodes in the back catalog that you can listen to as well as some great episodes coming up. I have guests booked all the way until the spring of this year, and there's more interviews being recorded as we speak and as you listen. So I encourage you to check out the podcast as a subscriber. So again, just hit the subscribe button, and that way you won't miss a single episode. And if you enjoyed this episode and you enjoy the podcast, give us a rating and or review in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you are listening to podcasts just is great to hear from you to get feedback because I pay attention to all of that stuff and it'll just help me make the show better. So again, I want to thank you for listening to this episode. I want to thank our sponsors and another way that you can support the show is by checking out what our sponsors have to offer. And there's another thing that you can do that can help the podcast community at large and that's by checking out other podcasts. And that's why I'm going to present to you this week's Productivity is Podcast Pick of the Week. And it's called The Free Noter. And the reason that I'm choosing this one, it's a fairly new podcast, but I'm doing speaking again this year. I've, I've done speaking in the past. It's, I'm no stranger to it. And as I'm releasing this episode, I'm headed to Austin, Texas this week to speak at ProductivityCon. And I'm always trying to up my speaker game. I actually talked to Grant Baldwin uh, this week uh, because he's going to be on an upcoming episode. He's got a speaking book coming out. He's been on the show before, but... He he uh, he is a, a, an acclaimed speaker, and I wanted to check out other resources out there. And it's called the Free Noter. And what's different about the Free Noter is that 
as the podcast description suggests, there's lots of resources out there on how to become a paid speaker or keynoter. But what if you want to speak to build your business as a free noter? Now, I'm not saying I'm just doing that, but I think that there is some elements to doing free talks and, and building your business around that. So it's a really interesting um, an interesting way to kind of approach this. So uh, Tamson and Tom Webster talk about this. They cover all the angles of how you can profit for, from speaking for free. It's it's really an interesting uh, podcast. The episodes aren't that long. They're as long or shorter than this podcast you're listening to. And it's only really been going since mid-November of 2019. So there's not a lot of back catalog to go through, but there's a lot of value here. So I encourage you to check out the freenoter.com. It's my productivity's podcast pick of the week. That's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, I'm Mike Vardy, the host of the Productivity is Podcast, reminding you to stop guessing and start going. I'll see you later. <laughs>